everybody. My name is Elliot Waters and you're listening to the Disregulated Podcast. As always, thank you for tuning in. All right, time for another fortnightly check-in. So let's have a look at how I've been going. So you may remember from the previous episode about my psychology appointment and the real sort of big takeaway message of that was we need to get the basics locked in. And to do that, we need to channel my my persona, my inner identity of Rocky and, and be fit and be strong, do all the healthy things, and then that will be the basis for improved mental health outcomes. But we've got to get the fundamentals locked in first. So the question is, how has that been going? Well, the good news is the gym is definitely now habitual, which is great news. It is definitely a habit. Um, it's something that that I, I, I do and enjoy, but at the same time, I don't really have to force it at the moment. It's sort of just fitting in and we're making it work, and that's really, really good. So thank goodness the gym is just about locked in as being habitual. Now, it's not just about the gym. I, I want to get back into my running, and I've been swimming as well. The running has been really hard because... Uh, I've spoken a, bit, a fair bit about running on this show, and I'm going to talk about it, I'd say, a lot more uh, in the future, I hope, anyway, if things go the right way, because running, to me, again, is part of that sort of identity. It's very similar to the sort of rocky, athletic, you know, if we were to sort of look at it more broadly, it's part of this athletic identity that I'm sort of at least partly going for, certainly am now. So running's very important, and it has been very important for a very long time, and it's insulated me against the worst of, of my mental illnesses, I believe, definitely. Um, but the problem is, you know, I get competitive, and I've got an inner critic that is very critical, and unfortunately, I didn't just, you know, slip back into the groove and, and started running, running sorry, as well as I was a couple of years ago. So it's taken a bit, you know, swallowing my pride a bit, getting my ego in check, the, the goal at the moment has got nothing to do with speed or distance. It's just about putting the shoes on and going for a trot. And if we do that, we've done pretty well and we get a bit of that dopamine rushing in. Now, the other sort of sport or activity I mentioned was swimming. Oh, I hate swimming. Seriously, I hate it. I'd like to know, actually, for those of you who are listening who have ADHD in particular, um, do you guys hate swimming like I do? I'm talking laps, not at the beach or anything, or just frolicking around. Like I'm talking, you know, goggles on, speedos on, you know, doing laps, following that black line. Because I tell you, swimming is the most boring thing. I, I can't stand it. And my mind, you know, I'm swimming, trying to focus, trying to be mindful, you know, by feeling the water and, you know, looking at the tiles on the, on the you know, the floor of the pool and and following that black line, but my you know my thoughts tend to run wild, and and swimming has proven to be a bit of a breeding ground for some negative thoughts and emotions, unfortunately, because that's sort of where my brain goes, you know, because we're in pain, you know, we're we're pushing hard and we're trying to, you know, but we're under a lot of duress, and I think in that state, when I'm unable to really, unfortunately, focus on the activity at hand because the thoughts get a bit overpowering, it can be a bit of a problem, but. I still think the biggest problem with swimming for me, and this is the ADHD component, I think, is I just get so bored. It is boring. At least with running, I can't run on a treadmill either, can't do that. But at least with running, you know, or where I like to run around the beach or in the bush, you know, you can have a look at the birds and the sun and the clouds and, you know, the, the dirt and trees and all that sort of stuff. But if you're just following that black line in the pool, oh man, I, I hate it. But the thing is, I know from experience, because I've swum for many years as well, nothing gets you fitter 
than swim and laps. There is just no two ways about it. When I was running at my best, when I was competing at my best, it also was when I was swimming the most as well. So there you go. I realize how important it is. And when I finish, I do feel great. I get the dopamine rush as well. Um, if if anything, I, I almost feel better after a swim than a run because I know how traumatic it is for me and how difficult it is to keep following that black line. But yeah, swimming, swimming and running, they're not quite habitual yet, but at the same time, we're getting there. We're getting there. I've, I've done both three times, I think, this week. That's that's pretty good because last week we did it like once each and then the week before that, we I don't think we did it at all. So instead of me, again, this is a, this is a thought of mine that I've mentioned a lot on this show and again, will continue to, but it's not about comparing myself to when I was at my best or comparing myself to other people, which I'm also prone to do. It is about comparing myself to who I was yesterday, last week, the year before. But even just yesterday is probably the best way to focus because if you're improving day by day, you know, that's like compound interest, exponential growth. It's uh, it's very powerful and it can just be those little things, you know, that, that can make all the difference. That's what we're all up what we're all trying to achieve is to be a better version of ourselves than we were yesterday. If we can do that consistently, then some really, really great results, let alone mental health outcomes, can be produced, that's for sure. But yeah, swimming, very hard, and I think it's the ADHD. I just I just get so bored of it. But when I finish, it is a great, great feeling. Um, at times over the last fortnight, I've, I've felt quite overwhelmed. I've alluded to a lot that there's some mental health related projects that I'm working on. There's quite a few of them, which is awesome. It is fantastic. And it really dials into my, you know, meaning and purpose, which is brilliant. But I tell you what, it has been a real test of my lack of organizational abilities. Again, ADHD, I'm sort of looking in your direction here. Because there's been a lot of meetings, there's been a lot of online things and presentations and, you know, things that, I've been asked to complete and have submitted at a certain time. You know, it reminds me of the worst days of uni where I would just have no idea what was due that day and just, I don't know, just drown in this feeling of being overwhelmed. And that has happened a little bit. That has happened a little bit over the last fortnight and longer. That's true. But at the same time, we've seemed to have dug ourselves out of it. I haven't missed any appointments or or any tasks that needed submitting, which is great. So I guess I am reasonably organized in a sense that at least we're not you know forgetting things or not submitting things that are important so that's great but it's very tiring it is very very tiring trying to keep up with everything that's going on there are a lot of balls in the air and of course google calendar is a huge huge important part of being better at being organized and knowing what's up ahead in the next day week months whatever google calendar which i have been using a bit but I still get scared to open it. As soon as I open it, I get that over, over, um, overwhelming sort of sense. But at the same time, once I push past that initial sort of thought, I know that the Google Calendar is actually my best friend. But, you know, we're not on great speaking terms just yet. But I'm working on it still. I'm working on it. That's pretty good for someone who's got ADHD that is not being medicated properly. And that's that's the truth of the matter. Um, you know, I, I'm not on the stimulant medication that I was on previously that worked quite well. And in my therapy, we're not really looking at things like, um, you know, uh, you know, routines and although that's important, but at the moment we're not looking at routines. And like I said in the previous episode or the one before that, 
I really want to go to sort of the crux of, of my self-esteem issues and stuff. And that's a different ball game than, than this ADHD stuff. So um, I'm trying not to be too hard on myself because, as I said, we're not really being medicated properly for ADHD. We're sort of just giving it our best shot. And overall, we've done pretty good. So that's that's the good news. But yeah, I just need to use that Google Calendar a little bit more. Um, overall, my mood has been pretty good. I've had lots of energy, as evidenced by the gym and running and swimming and all that sort of stuff. My social anxiety, this has been a good one, has retreated quite significantly, which I think is is partly, actually a big part, due to Lyrica or Pregabalin, the medication. I am on the top dose, but I think it's actually doing something, which is so good and so rare for me with medications. Um, not that there's no dangers or things to be a little bit concerned about with Pregabalin. I'll probably do an episode on that. That's a, that's a bit of a big topic. But at the moment, it seems to be doing the job and that's pretty good. That's pretty good. But there's also been a shift in mindset. You know, I am priori- trying to prioritize myself and look after number one and be my biggest fan. And I think that has helped me not feel so insignificant in the company of other people. You know, I'm starting to think more like, no, no, we have something to offer here, whether it's just a conversation or something more, whatever. You know, we are bringing a certain set of skills or knowledge or experiences to the table that is actually very, very valuable and people should listen to me and respect me. So I haven't been as worried going into these sort of social settings and, and environments because I'm I'm sort of standing there on a much stronger footing, which is made up of, of me looking after number one and being a bit more positive towards the self and, and really acknowledging that there's value in what I what I say, what I do, all those sorts of things. So that's great. That's really good, and it's taken a long time to get there, and it's it's only happened really very recently. So the pregabalin's definitely helped, but I'd be doing myself a disservice if I I didn't say that there's been you know this shift in mindset. It hasn't just come from nowhere, although it seems to have happened quite rapidly. It's actually been a long time trying to get this in into motion. So it's great that it's all happened really quickly now, but it's it's been years of work to get to this point, that's for sure. Um, my obsessive rumination and negative intrusive thoughts still are occurring from time to time, but they're a lot less frequent and the flare-ups don't last as long, but there are still flare-ups, that intense negative emotion that is felt during these obsessive intrusive thought episodes. It's as strong as ever. So when we go down, we go down hard and that scares me because that tells me that overall, although I'm managing my mood more effectively, which I would say is evidenced by the lessened frequency of said episodes, but the severe, burning, intense, crushing, just painful negative emotion still lurks in my psyche. It is still there. We're getting better at managing it, but it is still there. So there's a lot of work to be done. And this is why therapy is so important because we want to put those flames out for good, that that negative fire that burns. We want to put that out for good. And therapy is the way to do it. But medications, I think, are definitely playing their role as well because I do feel more resilient and those thoughts just don't take hold like they used to. I seem to snap out of it quicker. And, and I don't think it's 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 necessarily psychological because I haven't really yeah, I've got coping strategies like going for a run and stuff. And that actually happened the other day. I had quite a, a severe attack of these intense, obtrusive thoughts all around retroactive jealousy, which is going to be a massive one when I bring that up soon. I'm going to do a few episodes on that because that is a huge part of my story. 
um, the other day. This goes to show that running and exercising is also, you know, improving and becoming a habit and an automatic response too to to difficult um, emotions because I was feeling this really strong negative wave of emotion to do with retroactive jealousy and my automatic response pretty much was all of a sudden I found myself I was running. I had the shoes on and I was off and I think that's a really, really great sign. So although these episodes are still happening, they're not as they're not as frequent, they don't last as long and we are more able to counteract them and we've got some good coping strategies we're starting to develop even though there's a lot more work to be done. There is a lot more work to be done as far as coping strategies go, cognitively in particular. Um, all right, I am maybe rambling a little bit, um, but there is another psychology appointment coming up next week. So once that's all done, I will do an episode and tell you all about how that one goes. I wouldn't mind, I'll have to ask my psych if this is like legal and if I'm allowed to do this, but I'm telling you, I wouldn't mind recording one of these therapy sessions. You know, I go in there for an hour and we really cut to the bone and go to the real raw parts of, of my personality and my psyche. I would love to take you on that journey, you know, in real time. I, I want you to be sitting there with me and, and sort of listening to what I say and, and in the moment because, you know, some of my best material happens in therapy and it's I feel like I'm doing you guys a disservice by not getting it out there. But that'd be pretty cool. What, what do you reckon? If, if you think that's a good idea, feel free to let me know because um, I think it's a great idea. But as I said, I've got to make sure that, well, my therapist obviously is on board, which he may not be and that's more than fine if that's the case. But if he is, well, then I've got to make sure that it's it's going to be a doozy because, you know, I want you guys to see exactly or listen to exactly what's going on. There's no secrets here on the Dysregulated Podcast. I tell you what, if I am able to record me and that, like, has that ever been done before? Has anyone ever recorded their therapy session and then uploaded it for the whole world to listen to? I don't think so. So that that is that's going to be a big goal moving forward. So I'll keep you updated on that too. All right. So it's all about channeling my inner Rocky, the athletic self. I've got to keep on going. I've got a lot of projects on the go, which is great because it taps into my meaning and purpose, but we've got to manage those feelings of being overwhelmed. All right, that's the latest from me. Thank you for listening. If you want to reach out, please do. You can follow me on Instagram at elliot.t.waters and you can follow the show at thedysregulated.podcast. Feel free as well to like, subscribe, give the show a great rating and you can share it around with your mates if someone you think may benefit from hearing my story, please pass this on. And I'll tell you, it's coming soon. The Intake Interview Series, the brand new series, Intake Interview Series. I'm not going to say too much, but it's exciting and it's coming your way finally, finally. All right. Thank you, everybody. And I'll see you next time here on the Dysregulated Podcast.